Welcome to this episode of the Payments Hub, Enterprise Fintech Explained. I'm John Paquette, and uh, with me as always is the co-host of this podcast, Kevin Rice. Kevin, how are you today? John, I'm doing great. Good to hear. Good to hear. And so for this particular podcast, we have a topic that was actually voted on by our listeners. So a few weeks back, we launched a poll on LinkedIn to see what our listeners wanted to hear us talk about. And actually, the topic that won out was bank account management. And so I was a little bit surprised to hear that this was a topic that our listeners wanted to hear us chat about the most. We had some of the leading edge topics on there, like faster payments and some API-based topics and things like that as well. But this is one of those foundational challenges, I think, for most treasury departments. So happy to be chatting about it today. Kevin, were you surprised at all with the, uh, the selection of topic though? I am and I wasn't at the same time, John. You know, both you and I have dealt with BAM for so many years. We know it's a pain point that everybody wants to solve for, but it seems like it's never going away. Yeah, I know. And yeah, maybe to kick it off here. So Kevin and I both, I think combined have something like 20, 25 years of treasury experience. So we have a lot of bank account management experience between the two of us. So I'm just kind of curious, Kevin, how historically did you guys handle bank account management? You know, dating back to my days in treasury, John, a number of different ways. And a lot of our listeners can still relate to it today. You know, my first or initial exposure working in treasury, we we're actually doing, uh, keeping signature cards, banking resolutions, reg- uh, registers, extra tracks all in binders. Slowly realizing that we were running out of room, we started to kind of e-file these. And, you know, that was a very, very painful uh, way to, you know, go about managing bank accounts. But, you know, at the same time, realistically, it was foolproof, right? You could always get your hands on a hard copy document when requested by the auditor, granted that you had a good filing system. But of course, you know, aside from that, I really look at Excel, you know, and Excel, Excel's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Um, and you know, it's something that's been reliable over the years. And I feel like uh, a lot of treasury departments can relate to that. And other than that, you know, there've been some proprietary bank offerings that make an attempt to kind of digitize their bank account management process to separate themselves from other banks in the industry. Um, those have been a few of my experiences personally. How about yourself? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Excel and I have to admit, despite having, you know, treasury management systems at, at just about every organization I work for, we always used, I think every single company I worked for Excel as the source of truth for, for bank account management activity. It's crazy. It's still, I think the, um, the predominant choice for most treasury departments these days. Um, I do also remember having file cabinets full of um, signature cards, having individuals involved in scanning those, kind of turning those at least into digital documents that we could store and share drives, things like that. But yeah, very, very manual process. And um, I think for a lot of organizations, it's still, it's still the same way. I mean, one in one respect, Excel provides, I think, the you know ultimate inflexibility for bank account management. It's essentially just freeform BAM, right? You can track whatever yeah. data you want to, group your accounts however you want to, track sweep relationships, investment accounts, cash pooling relationships but obviously presents a lot of challenges for organizations. The biggest one being, you never know when it's up to date, right? You never know the last time that the individuals within your company updated that document or you know, someone could actually wipe out information on that accidentally as well within an Excel document too. So basically no version control, right? But despite these challenges, why do you think so many treasury departments still use Excel today? Well, I mean, yeah, I think the first point jumps out at all of us, right? It's free. It's a free solution. Uh, It's scalable. Um, Obviously part of the MS office suite, but uh, every organization out there bound to have that for their employees. So it should be a readily available resource. It's flexible and it's scalable to an extent, right? You know, it does become unreliable after a 
file reaches a certain size. You talked about version control. You know, when you have 5, 10, 15 people all editing the same file, you know, you're, you you start to incorporate different nomenclatures and it makes it very difficult to, you know, keep uniform. But again, at the same time, the free aspect of it and the scalability to a certain point, just it's a no-brainer for most organizations out there. Yeah, I think so too. And I, and I often wonder too, a lot of the reasons why I used Excel is I just didn't see the benefit over some of the BAM solutions that we had. So the electronic ones, they just seem like nothing more than, you know, Excel with a different UI <laughs> and just that loss of flexibility too. So um, you have to add some value, I think, to get people off Excel too. And accessibility, I guess, you know, Excel provides a lot of accessibility in terms of there's multiple individuals that need to edit that bank account management document, others that need to access it as their source of, you know, bank account information, accounting, you know, and other departments within your organization. And so for some organizations, it's still may, it's still become the, the sort of uh, solution of choice. But I mean, there's a lot of problems that can come into play when you poorly manage your bank account information. I mean, the, the quintessential one, I think, is come audit time. I think everybody has that moment where they're, they're thinking, is this Excel document actually up to date here? You know, do we add those accounts that we opened last month ago? Will those accounts even open at the end of the year? Do we have to report them? You know, did we update these accounts for the signatory filing? So, you know, likewise, I think some of those filter over into some of the regulatory reporting elements as well in terms of um, being able to pull together your list of FBAR accounts that, you know, accounts that are subject to FBAR filing at the end of the year too. So, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of problems that organizations can have if they don't manage this topic correctly. And I think that's one of the reasons why it was the uh, topic of choice amongst our listeners. So Kevin, any other, you know, kind of issues you guys have come across through poor bank account management? Yeah. Uh, building off of what you just said, John, really think about the, some of the options we talked about, uh, talk about the manual option, really housing these hard copy documents, these wet signature documents and file cabinets. And while sure, it's, you know, it's, it's great, it's secure, you know exactly where they are. Should something get misplaced, you know, it becomes an absolute audit nightmare that you mentioned. And then going back to the version control, the same thing, when you have so many eyes, ears, and, and hands dealing with one Excel file, something is bound to get transposed or misplaced. Um, and again, it all results in a huge audit issue. Um, not having sound version control, having inaccurate or misplaced records all work against you. When in reality, you know, we're talking about bank account management where we're trying to be orderly and create, you know, a secure process. Yeah. I think too, you know, the, um, the issues kind of compound a little bit too, because there's a lot of departments that are reliant on that bank account management information. So treasury is usually the source of truth for new bank account openings, bank account closings, but then those accounts need to be added to the ERP. Somebody needs to be reconciling those accounts, need to, you know, cash accounts need to be recorded on the balance sheet. So inaccurate BAM records really, you know, have a compounding effect, I think, throughout a lot of organizations. So, you know, with that being said, if you are going to try to convince treasurers to move off to Excel onto a true, you know, BAM solution, what do you think are the features, the points that most treasurers would want to see in a solution like that? So what I would suggest is a full repository of not just bank accounts, but think about, you know, the corresponding legal entities and relevant documentation um, that transcends across both of those points. You're talking about signature cards, banking resolutions, uh, again, legal entity extract and registrars. You want to have all that information readily accessible, you know, under whether it's one login, one database, one platform. But beyond that, you know, any changes to uh, whether it's, you know, again, kind of a technology solution, you want to have you know, a full audit trail and history of every action and kind of a you know, responsible user so that you can trace you know, every single change from the point of origin um, over the course of history in this, you know, BAMP solution. 
solution. You want to have flexible yet secure workflows around these changes that, again, these uh, audit trail and uh, historical changes are you know pertaining to. And then ease of access comes to mind too, right? We're, we're moving to the cloud almost in every aspect of finance these days. Uh, Treasury and BAM is no different. So to have something that's accessible, whether you're in office or at home, and maybe through single sign-on as well, you know, you want to have a flexible solution that's easy to access at any point in time. Yeah, agreed, agreed on, on all those points. But really, you know, foundationally, I think you have to solve that version control problem. You have to have workflows in there, allow organizations to have, you know, dual approvals over things like new account additions or the changing of information, the updating of signatories. Um, and that full auto log, like you mentioned, is, is absolutely critical, I think, too, as a, as a benefit over Excel. I'd also say these days that organizations are expecting some degree of analytics, too. You know, a good BAM solution should be more than just a repository for information. You should be able to run reports off it to really, you know, be able to analyze and understand your bank structure. So I think that's a critical component too, that will help get organizations off Excel. And um, another one that's a little bit out of the box, but a common issue I hear a lot of organizations bring up is just some sort of process to help them manage a decentralized bank account management process. So a lot of organizations have account openings happening in multiple geographies, but they want to wrangle these processes in. They want treasury to be to some degree, the owner, the final um, decision maker on a go or no go for a new account opening. So so some way to submit requests centrally to Treasury and have Treasury provide feedback back to those legal entities about new accounts being open or what banking relationships they should be using in certain regions. I think these are all things that really help organizations see the value of a bank account management solution um, over Excel. You know, and the other one that always comes up, I think, um, is is the, is the concept of EBAM, right? So this is the mm -hmm. kind of the, and I wonder if this is another one of the reasons why organizations wanted us to, uh, or voted for this topic for us to talk about is, you know, they want to know what's fact versus fiction in EBAM these days. Can you actually electronically open accounts with your bank relationships or update signatories through some sort of electronic communication with those banking partners? So Kevin, I mean, any experience you have in um, an organization having a good EBAM strategy in place? Yeah. So uh, I mentioned it earlier in the call and you know, in my past life as a treasury practitioner, did have some banks that had their own proprietary kind of dashboard offerings. But some of the issues that I personally found with those solutions offered by particular banks is that, you know, the changes you're making on their platform don't always translate 100% to the back office. And what I mean by that is I would use a bank's EBAM-oriented uh, solution, make a change to a signer, um, and then again, to kind of do my own due diligence and double down on my change, I would ask the back office at the bank, my client services representative, to confirm, you know, their records in real time, if not, again, the following business day, only to find that my request had never actually made it to the back office. So you're really, you're dealing with two sets of records and you can never really have hundred percent confidence is what I've found, at least at this point in the game, right? I think with all the changes coming in the industry, uh, advancements in API, um, and again, capabilities through Swift, being able to, to send Swift messages. There are so many third-party platforms out there that are ready to, you know, integrate this technology into their solutions, meaning that these third-party providers have the ability to send requests like to open a bank account or request to open a bank account or update or remove a signer. But what we're seeing is a lot of banks just don't have the functionality to deal with those requests, you know, and with 100% uh, certainty at this point in time. But I do think that we're trending in that direction, John. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, what good is an EBAM solution if um, ultimately the changes don't even happen on the other end of the, of the uh, communication um, line there? So that's obviously a challenge for a lot of organizations. I think most treasurers aren't surprised. You know, EBAM has never really uh, gained as widespread a 
adoption as, as was initially promised. I have heard of one organization that was using um, eBAN functionality 100% for all their bank account management functions, but they were only using one banking partner, one of the major banks out there. So that's obviously a, an abnormal situation for most organizations. If you have multiple banks, you know, which most of the organizations we talk to do, you're you're favoring standardization much more over you know using eBAN with just one of your banking partners. It almost becomes more confusing if you have one electronic process and multiple different paper processes to manage. So I see them much more leaning towards trying to get to some sort of a uh, uniform documentation, you know, across all their banking partners for things like signature updates and, and those types of functions. But, you know, eBAM aside, you know, talking about bank account management functionality, there are still some really advanced things you can do, you know, even if you can't electronically update bank accounts or open bank accounts. And, you know, maybe we could give a couple examples of what advanced BAM functionality really looks like. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot going on with BAM in the market still today, John. Uh, we're seeing, you know, a lot of organizations out there are really finding a BAM solution to kind of be the single source of truth, not only for, you know, again, the organization holistically in the treasury department, of course, uh, but really driving and maintaining data in other third-party platforms. Uh, you know, once upon a time, it was all seen as a, you know, one-stop shop solution where all of your treasury initiatives were really being done. But now you might have one BAM solution that is really driving master data to another, a number of other programs and platforms uh, under your umbrella. Uh, so there's really a lot of flexibility in terms of, you know, API feeds and uh, connecting via SFTP, a number of different protocols, but really having one platform serve as a single source of truth where changes made in that one platform then kind of have a domino effect where those changes are uh, reactive to the other platforms connected to this quote unquote single source of truth. Yeah, agreed. I mean, APIs have come a long way in terms of, you know, uh, SaaS providers, software providers, the functionalities that they're providing to their customers today. So you can truly use your bank account management solution as a single source of truth for banking information to synchronize that to other systems like ER or TMSs or anything else that needs to leverage that that information to keep everything in sync, which is which is really a game changer, I think, for a lot of organizations. You know, some other things that you could do too is, you know, just staying on the topics of, of integrations here, you can also integrate your BAM solutions with other data sources. So, you know, bank reports, uh, your payments data, whatever it might be. And that's where you really get to take advantage of, I think, a, a lot of different capabilities um, as you aggregate more data for your BAM database to have access to. So some examples here are you can assess essentially automate your FBAR reporting, right? Your BAM solution knows um, your accounts that are in scope for FBAR reporting, the individuals who are signatories on that. If you integrate that solution with something that's pulling in your daily balances, you're able to pull that maximum account value balance automatically there during the course of the year. And suddenly you have this click of the button sort of report for um, for generating all your FBAR data, right? Which is great too. Um, you can also use it, I think, really effectively for risk management. So you can look at, you know, analytics in terms of what your banking relationship look like, where you're holding the highest concentration of cash balances um, and with, with what banking partners, and then combine that with data like the credit profiles of those banks, right? To understand if, if you have um, an unnecessary amount of risk at one particular banking partner that has, you know, maybe not the best credit rating. And I think that they also provide a lot of opportunities for organizations to be able to rationalize their account structure. You have all this data at your fingertips through a BAM solution that's integrated. If you integrate it well with a BI reporting tool, that you can go out there and you can look for redundancy or in, account, in your account structure or accounts that maybe don't have very much activity and just opportunities to get you know more efficient from an account structure standpoint. So despite not having eBAM, there's still plenty that organizations can do by leveraging the technologies that are available today for bank account management. And I think even you know as we kind of progress into 2022 here, um, we'll continue to see advancements in this 
theory as well. So Kevin, just curious if you have any sort of predictions for where bank account management technology will go, um, maybe next year or even beyond that. Yeah, John. So with the advancements of APIs, yeah, I really would not be surprised to see you know a lot of the larger relationship banks out there in the market today start to adopt, you know, see some early adoption of eBAM functionality. Um, even if it's just a simple request to open up a bank account and documentation is you know still done through a portal of sorts. I do think, as I mentioned earlier, that we're we're trending in that direction. Um, it's something that Treasury departments have you know long sought, and really just you know it would help all parties involved to expedite these processes overall. You think about some of the hoops and hurdles that you have to jump through to get a bank account open. Uh, you know, if you could shave a week or two time off of that, that process, uh, I think that, you know, again, that's something that could draw a lot of business to a particular bank and would be you know, a very uh, sought after draw for, again, a lot of treasury departments out there. And somebody might think about making a change. Yeah, I'd agree. I, you know, I think a lot of people in the industry would agree that APIs are probably the most promising technology, bank APIs, that is the most promising technology to kind of advance EBAM functionality. So the quintessential version of EBAM that never really uh, took flight will probably go away. I think I'd agree with you there. And then APIs um, that are bank specific will probably be what, what fuels advances in this area. What I'd really like to see in the prediction that I'm going to make is, is just being able to um, execute an API call to go out and get your bank account and signatory records from your banking partner and pull that data in. We talk to all sorts of organizations and they just say, you know, all we really want to be able to do is just look at what we have on file and look at what the bank has on file and just marry the two up. Just know that, you know, the banks have the, the correct information on file for signatories and things. Even, you know, more proactively going out and looking at accounts that, you know, you thought you had closed, but, you know, a month after you closed the account, a transaction came in that automatically reopened that account, um, but it ultimately should be closed. I think that would be a huge benefit for treasury organization in itself. And, you know, I'd love to see, obviously, the ability to actually open accounts, change signatories happen as well. So some hopefully some very good things coming there in the, in the bank account management space. All right. So I think that we have covered all the topics we're looking to cover in this bank account management podcast. Um, once again, thanks for everybody who voted for this topic. It, it was a great one to talk about kind of one of those foundational type treasury and cash management type topics. So um, we'll probably launch a poll like this again in the future, just to get some feedback from the listeners in terms of what you'd like to hear us uh, talk about in these podcasts. So, and Kevin, thanks again for, uh, for joining today and for sharing all your insights around bank account management. Always a pleasure, John. All right. Great. Well, thanks everybody. And thanks for listening. Thank you.